0: Let's go to the thought of today. Why read John chapter 7? What is it talking about? Talking about the shepherd, our shepherd. In relation to fathers today, what are we? Are we not shepherds? Are we not leading a smaller flock of a family? In Psalm 23, John 10, John 21, and other portions of Scripture where the Lord Jesus said, like to Peter, feed my sheep. There is a great responsibility upon parents, particularly today, to lead the little sheep. Jesus spoke about the three ranges of sheep there, and the first ones were the little lambs. Feed them. At that age that we have to influence them as parents There's an awesome responsibility to point them to God, to set an example of being a father to them. Through God's word, we will consider this thought today as you go from cover to cover. God is our father. We are his sheep, the sheep of his pasture. And we can find many examples through scripture of how God leads his people. And therefore, deducing from that that we, as parents, ought to lead likewise. As it says in Scripture, if we offend one of these little ones, what does it say? It better that a millstone. millstone were hung about our neck and we're drowned in the depths of the sea. So we have that responsibility. Last year, on Father's Day, we considered a couple of points of this sermon. We're going to the next point. We looked at the Father will love his family does god love us while we were yet sinners god loved us even when the children are little brats uh, fathers and parents love them it's a bond isn't there there's a bond there that you can't break god loved loves all for god so loved the world he gave his life for them while they were sinners. He knows his sheep. He laid down his life for them. How different to many fathers that don't love. We looked at that last year. A father, secondly, last year, (laughs) will illuminate his family. Has God seen fit to illuminate the people of this planet, the sheep that walk around all over this world? Yes, he has. What has he given us? (laughs) He's given us the word. And he wants, to illuminate, he wants people to be illuminated about himself, his love, his concern, and his plans for them and for the planet, the people and the planet. Huh. A father will illuminate, will enlighten his children. Huh. And that's why he sent. God is light, and in him is no darkness. And he sent his son to light. I am the light of the world. Jesus said, He is the son sent. Um, <clears throat> suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. We ought to, as parents, enlighten them to salvation. Remember what was said of um, Timothy's mother and grandmother? Now, it wasn't his father, but parental responsibility. From a child, thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. Who was teaching him that? Which are able to make him them. Children wise unto salvation. So, a father's responsibility is to teach them about salvation and the need of salvation, and that they are sinners and need to be saved. We are children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. Um, Teach them about sanctification, separate life, to grow in grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus as they grow physically. Fathers, parents are responsible to see them grow spiritually. As John Wilson used to pass a little tract around because he was very interested in children huh, and get a lot he got a lot of kids to church here. He had a station wagon and he filled the station wagon back, front and centre. <laughs> uh, no seat belts, but seat belts were requirement. The police pulled him up, looked at him and said, Yeah, I know what you're doing, just keep going <laughs> and said you know, get them into church. They need it. The police recognise that. But anyway, don't try that now. <laughs> but he had a little little card that um, some people send their children to Sunday school. Others go with them. I think the second one's right, isn't it? So to to sanctify and help them to grow in the knowledge of the Lord and of, of their God that's concerned for them. And, and also... Fathers will, under this enlightening them and illuminating them, show salvation, show sanctification, but show Christian service. The world is in dire need of people that have learnt to serve others. There's a great lack and there is a need for that. Compacted by that which every joint supplies, that is every one of them. And I'm glad to see that right well, now in the church here, we have people that have come through, children that have come through the ropes, we might say. They've done sparkies, they've been what cubbies, cubbies, sparkies. Good news or Awana youth group, and now they're running the youth group. That's the way it should be, isn't it? They've been through there. They know that. They know how the children think and what they try to get away with, and how they, all the the fun that they can have and what it means. And get them into service. Give them tasks to do. As you do it in the house, as you train them in the house, train them in Christian service too. Because then they can exercise their gifts to glorify the Lord of heaven, the Father who sits on the throne. Now we go to our next thought for this morning, and that's in the in the order of the bulletin there. A father will walk lowly and humbly before his children. Lowly and humbly. Let's pray before we look at these thoughts. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that we have been given a responsibility, but we have a great example of yourself on the throne in heaven, overseeing sovereignly the works of men on earth. Lord, you particularly look at fathers and the responsibility that you've given them in their families and I pray that we might take this seriously and we might follow the example of our Heavenly Father Lord that we would Lord, walk lowly humbly and righteously before our family and before our God Lord that we'd listen to our children and that we'd be loyal to our families. Lord bless each father here today and prospective fathers to be and as grandparents may we set a godly example to the ones that are looking up to us. We ask and pray your blessing on the service today in Jesus name. Amen. <clears throat> Let's turn to Philippians. The example of our heavenly father, he sent his only begotten son that he might save those who believe all he wants to save all in verses 5 to 8 this probably is one of the most read verses in this church of all scripture let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man he humbled himself and became obedient unto death even to the death of the cross here we see the humility of the lord jesus christ as our good shepherd we see what he has done for us there are examples of the opposite <coughs> There is a man in the Old Testament called Nabal. Whose wife become the wife of David eventually. You remember the story of Nabal in, I think it's First Samuel chapter 25. Where David and his 600 men who followed him around as he's been chased by Saul or were loyal to him. David and his men looked after Nabal's shepherds and sheep and protected them from raiders and robbers. And it was time for harvest day and shearing time and David sent a few young men up to Nabal to say, look, we've been looking after you. Do you think you could give a few things to us? Could you reward us for the security we gave you and your men? And Nabal answered him very roughly, he said, am I, am I going to provide for every runaway person? Like he, he, David had a reputation <laughs> of leaving home and running away and hiding, as he was. But there was a reason, so he did that, to protect his own life. Even the king's son, John, Jonathan, said he, he needed to do that. But Nabal was haughty. He was proud. He was arrogant. He was stubborn. He was a bad example. Even his servants, they came and gave a report to Ab- Abigail, I got it right, and said, this evil man has said this to David who protected, and they gave an exa- examples of how David and his men had protected them out there in the, in the, in the <coughs> paddocks with the sheep and they said he is an evil man they're talking about the boss he's a wicked man and they said that to his wife Abigail and Abigail quickly assembled a lot of food heaps of raisins and drink and other things and took off to see David and just as well because David had heard the report and he got 400 of men armed he said come put your swords on we're going to take care of this man And Abigail met him in the way as he was coming to do this. And Abigail bowed herself before him and she offered the things that Nabal should have done and he didn't to David and his servants. But all the point is, this man was proud, loud, stubborn and bad. And remember the result of that? Ten days later... God so made his heart as a stone that he died. <clears throat> the picture we paint to our children of a father will be what they think of God. What would have Nabal's children thought of a father? <clears throat> what example did they have? A bad example. Let's turn to First Peter, chapter five. Men, we need to be humble. We need to apologise. We need to admit that when we when we've done wrong, and say so. First Peter, chapter five, verses five. This is what the Lord wants in the heart of fathers and their their hearts to be like. Verses five and six. In like manner, ye younger, submit yourselves to the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility, for God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Back in James chapter 4 and verse 6, it says the same thing. James 4, 6 and 10. Where we read, but he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud as he did with Nabal to the point he died, but giveth grace to the humble to Abigail. Dads, walk humbly. If you're a gruff, proud, arrogant father, have any of those traits, your children will see it and see through you, or they'll become like you. Verse 10. Of James chapter 4 humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up you want to be a good dad walk humbly with your Lord walk humbly with your family you know God God doesn't act like a bully in heaven you say well he's going to damn people to hell no they choose to go there that's their choice he offers the way of salvation God has set an example of humility in sending his son, Jesus Christ, as we looked at in Philippians. What picture are we painting to our children? Are we walking lowly and humbly before God and before them and they can see their heavenly father in you? We sing a song to that. I think it's in the wilds. How about that. Secondly, a father will not only love, enlighten, walk lowly, but he'll listen. He will listen. First Peter chapter three and verse twelve. This is these are collected throughout Scripture. Our reading from John was being the Lord is our shepherd, and we are shepherding others, and we are to follow his example. 1 Peter 3 12, for the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. And his ears are open to their prayers, but the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. What is God doing? He is listening, he's all ears. For those that are praying. <laughs> and just back in Hebrews chapter four. Hebrews chapter four it talks about him listening and asking us to come before him. In chapter 4, verse 15, for we have not a high priest who cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. In other words, he can be and is touched with the feeling of our infirmities. He is listening for the prayers of his saints, for his children to ask and come before him with their requests. But was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain and mercy, and find grace to help in the time of need. First John five fifteen says, "If we know that he heareth us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him." He is listening. He is listening twenty four seven. Is he? Is he not? Right through the seventy years or more of our life. Our father will listen to his family. You know. Uh, I've heard fathers say, well, children should be seen and not heard. That's not what God says. (laughs) That's not what God says. And not what he does either. He's always listening to his children. If we don't listen to them in the time that they're young and in our families, they won't listen to us when they grow up. They won't listen to us when we give them instruction. Even in the nursing home, they won't listen. One of the loudest and severe criticisms of old people is this. Our children pay us no attention and they don't listen to us. Ask yourself the question, why? What is it that I have done that is so offended them that they want to do this to me and not listen to me? Maybe the opportunity is way, way gone. For 50 years ago, it should have been that you are listening to them. Listening to their needs. Seeing the character that they were. Listening to their spiritual needs. You know... This really is for the young people that are going to have children, because once you've had the children and done it, it's done. <laughs> Can't reverse that. Well, you can pray that God would show mercy and grace. But we need to listen. If you don't listen, you won't know their needs. If God turned off and said no, no more prayers, you wouldn't know, and we wouldn't like we wouldn't like that would we but sometimes we do that to our children you know have you have you ever felt them tugging you know on your shirt coat or something Dad, daddy daddy you know and you pay no attention opportunity will soon be gone you say that they get a will they get their desires they get their plans and they get their hopes And then you try to instruct them too late. You don't know their needs. You don't know their wants. You don't know their desires. You don't know their problems. But God does know ours because he's listening to us. Our Heavenly Father listens. And so, young people, remember that. (laughs) Listen to the problems. Listen to the blessings. Listen to the 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 math problems that they have at school. The algebra problems, that was one of my biggest dreads <laughs> when they did algebra. <laughs> I'm glad the schoolwork that they did had the answers, the answer book. I had the answer book, the kids didn't. And so I could see the answer, that's where we get it got to get to. <laughs> and so let's go right through this and see if we get it. <laughs> you know, those sort of problems, they need, you need time, you need time to listen. Uh, isn't it good that God is all-knowing and all-wise he, and, and, and he can listen to millions of people at once and assimilate all the information and answer all the prayers according to his will? He's listening all the time. You say, it's impossible. No, it's not. Look, man has created computers that can do so many things now. He can talk to them. They can answer you, answer you and give you... All sorts of things. God, what about God? He's the creator of all things and can do this for us. What about the desires and plans of the children? Their personality, their talents. Do you get time to develop the talents that they have? That God has given them natural and spiritual gifts that come when they get saved. One wise old pastor said to me once, and he said of prospective pastors let me see let me see them around children and then i'll say whether they're able to be a pastor or not i thought ah oh, interesting observation see how they treat children see if they can talk and relate to children then i'll know if they can shepherd people because you know people are growing from you know and in church they're all they're all at a different stage of growth from new Christians to older Christians baby Christian to older and shepherding involves listening to the needs and meeting endeavoring to try to meet the needs that even from the pulpit so a father will love as god loved he will enlighten and illuminate his children as god does he will <clears throat> walk lowly and humbly before them and he will listen to the children and their needs and next the fifth one a father will be loyal to his family even as the Lord is loyal to us his children what has he said he will never leave us nor forsake us he will always be loyal to his children and John's gospel that was read this morning chapter 10 let's turn back there and have a little peek at chapter 10 verse 7 jesus said to them verily verily i say unto you i am the door of the sheep all that ever came before me are thieves and robbers but the sheep did not hear them praise the lord (laughs) i am the door by me if any man enter in he shall go he shall be saved and go in and out and find pastures isn't it great to have liberty to go in and out (laughs) Fine pastures the Lord provides us with. The thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth life, his life for the sheep. In verse 28, and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My father who gave them to me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. How how secure, how loyal is God to us? Always. His love will always follow us. When we're astray, where we've gone astray like the prodigal, the Lord will be after us. He puts the 99 aside and follows the one, the sheep that's gone astray. The the Lord is loyal. Are we loyal to our families? I pray that we are. He gives eternal life and they shall never perish. He protects us from the thieves. He protects us from the hyaline and the wolf that's there in John chapter 7. And as it tells us in Romans chapter 8, if God before us... (laughs) Who can be against us? Some of these promises are he sheep we need to take a hold of. And these are true. This is God making this promise. This is not a man. This is God saying that he will never forsake us. And who can be against us if God be for us? We say at a wedding, we say this, till death us do part. And uh, when we die, it's not the end, <laughs> Because we might part from this life, but we're still with the Lord. We're still in his hand. We're still in his grip. We still have eternity to look forward to forever. And this is where divorce and remarriage are are, a bad thing. The effect of it and the effect that it has on children can be disastrous. And there are probably children here that have had to put up with the effects of that when mum and dad are not together anymore and the pain of that and the confusion of that and all the things that go along with that and Hosea it's a, does for some heavy reading at times but read through the book of Hosea and, and get the feeling of the heart of Hosea whose wife was unfaithful to him but he remained faithful he remained faithful and drew her back with the cords of love and the whole example is about God with Israel Israel is as unfaithful as you can get like a neighing stallion in the paddock next door to the mares. it says it in the scripture puts it pretty raw there that God was faithful to Israel and he still will be faithful to Israel even in her unbelief and a rejection of himself. And so Hosea's wife become adulterous like Israel, forsaking the Lord. But he remained faithful. <clears throat> God before us, who can be against us? Be loyal to the family. Be loyal as God is loyal to us. And set an example. A father, sixthly, will labor for his family nothing will be too hard or too much for the benefit and the blessing of his family it will be a labor of love because he loves them he does this for them what more could god do than what he has done for us how he has labored to bring this world into existence it, he knew before he created this planet and the people on it and all the ones that will be born what would happen? He still went ahead and did it. You say, you know, how could God do all that, provide all that, daily provide us with his benefits, knowing that the majority of people would rebel? He still laboured. He's still blessed. And I think this speaks to families that have children who have gone astray. They still labour, they still love, and they still provide for those that are not walking as they should. But God has done all that he could for us. Turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Paul is giving an example of his love as as it were a spiritual father for the Thessalonicans. This is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. And verse 7. But... He's talking of himself, but we—Paul, Silas, or Barnabas, whoever was his missionary companion at the time—were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherisheth her children. <laughs> so, being affectionately desirous of you, we were willing to have imparted unto you not the gospel of God only, but also our own souls, because ye were dear unto us. Yeah? Either. Hear the heart of a father here for his children, affectionately desirous. We wanted to impart to you not just salvation, the gospel of God, but our souls, because you were dear. And we ought to count our children dear to ourselves. For ye remember, brethren, our labour. And travail for labouring night and day because we would not be chargeable unto any of you. We preach unto you the gospel of God. (laughs) What did Paul do for his spiritual children or children to be? He laboured night and day. And the testimony was that he built tents at night and he preached in the day. And sometimes he preached all day and all night and the man fell out of the window and died. (laughs) But he was resuscitated or not resuscitated. He he came alive again. Paul had a desire, uh, yeah, some preachers will say, well he fell out <laughs> keep on preaching <laughs> too bad for him <laughs> a real no heart for the pe- for the person, but he didn't. he went and uh, stopped the service. <laughs> we need to have a resurrection. Uh, uh, whatever <laughs> a resurrection here we need to get this fellow right so he can listen on and and uh, he if you sat in the window and you had all these candles burning and, and all the gases going past you carbon dioxide and he would have, that would have added to his sleepiness wouldn't it so that the whole you can see him just falling out And anyway <laughs> Paul had a desire for his spiritual children and it's in the scripture <laughs> affection he said there labouring labouring And laboring. Sometimes dad, you know, he's going to work for 30 years and he's still working at it. Still laboring, still getting up early, coming home late, working, working, working. That's your responsibility. Young people, if you're going to get married, yeah, there's all the romance of it. But there's the responsibility of it that comes with getting married. You have children. You are responsible before God for them. And their spirit. You are responsible for the not only spiritual, but their physical needs. You must meet the needs. If you don't meet the needs, the scriptures condemn us for that. If any would provides not for his own house, in First Timothy five eight, he is worse than an infidel, worse than an unbeliever. Parents, fathers particularly, and 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 things have changed, haven't they? Mum and dad go working to provide now. Things as that it, it used to be by on dad's wages but no longer it seems but the Paul said labor 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 for his spiritual children ye are witnesses in God verse 10 also how holy justly and unblameably we behaved ourselves among you that believe there's not many people could say that mm-hmm. of, of their to their congregation but he could say that to them holy justly and unblameably working with his hands day and night. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 10 Paul could say this because he set the example of labor. For when even when we were with you this we commanded you that if any would not work, labor neither should he eat, neither should he eat. <clears throat> David in psalm 78 in verse 70 to 72 tells us that he was taken from the sheepfold to feed israel yeah, the david already had a shepherd's heart didn't he so that when he was shepherding is there any more who was it said that to jesse david's father is there another one There's none of these guys went through all the brothers of David oh yeah there's a little runt (laughs) he's out looking after the sheep well bring him in he's the man because he had looked after sheep he could look after people (laughs) the other sheep and he could look after the whole house of Israel he could guide them there was not a man like him a man after God's own heart which I believe in the future will co-reign with the Lord Jesus over the house of Israel and so We will labor for our families. We will not see them suffer need. We'll provide for them. Even as David set the example and God chose him because of his heart. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 15, it said, I will very, Paul said, I will very gladly spend and be spent for you. The children know that. They know what the fathers do. They know what the parents do and the long nights they, they go through and the hard labour. They are spent and spent for you. And then <laughs> when you're old and grey-haired and crippled and shuffling along, if you've done the right thing by your children, what will they probably do to you? And I looked up where it talks about this in Timothy, where it says, you know, the widow talks about widows and things. They're taken into the church to be supported by the church. No social security in those days and the qualifications of the w- true widow. And then it said to requite your parents. Uh, well, what does that word mean? <laughs> Go home and look it up. There's a quarter and there's two words there, the requite and the other, another word. And look those two words up and what they mean for children, for their parents, when the parents are growing older. I'll gladly spend and be spent, and then they may well spend and be spent for you in your older age. A godly father will not only feed his family physically, but he will feed them spiritually that they might grow in the Lord. So, in summary this morning, as God loves his children, his family, we ought to love dad, our children. As God enlightens and illuminates us, we ought to illuminate them, particularly on spiritual matters. As he walks lowly and has set that example in Christ, so we ought to walk lowly and not be unable. As God listens to his children, so ought we to listen to our children. And lastly, as we labour for our children, May it be a labour of love, as we say. Something that the children can see, they really mean it. (laughs) And they feed us, they provide for us. And young people, don't take advantage of your parents. Work with them. Minister with them. What a blessing it is to see families labouring together in the faith of the gospel having children to grow up, to want to serve the Lord. And there are others, but it's Father's Day and the roast is cooking. Maybe. (laughs) At home. We'll look at the others if we're still around next year. (laughs) It's good to be able to have a long-term look at things, not rush it because there's many blessings in God's word. You might go home now and say, okay, as I read my Bible, I'm going to find more about what my responsibilities as a father or a mother is in in the example that God has set for us to follow. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, that you are our heavenly father and you're right now listening to the prayers of many people and you've got a special ear for each one of them. And Lord... You're laboring for us because you've gone to prepare a place for us that where you are, we may be also. Lord, you provide for us salvation. You provide for us blessings every day. The sun comes up, the world goes round, the seasons come and go, and you keep on providing even while the people become prodigal on this planet but Lord, they will not ever be able to say you are an unfaithful father. You always look down from heaven, overseeing the affairs of men and nations and individuals. Lord, I pray that we might grasp the concept of being a true father from your wonderful and great example that we're going to learn about, even for eternity. Bless us as we part and rejoice with our families this day. In Jesus' name. Amen.